0: This is Rising Up with Sonali, and I'm your host Sonali Kolhatkar. You can watch this program on Free Speech TV and listen to it on community and independent radio stations nationwide. Amazon's Prime Day events of June 21st and 22nd have been heavily promoted as a major shopping event invented by the retail giant to boost sales at the start of summer. The company is gleefully advertising deals on all sorts of products. But the cost of the sale is borne primarily by Amazon's workers who are forced to put in overtime hours without much financial benefit. The company continues to engage in worker surveillance, deny bathroom breaks, and undermine union activity. We go now to New York City to speak with Luis Feliz León. He is a freelance journalist. He's also an educator at Labor Notes. And he recently wrote a new article about Amazon published by In These Times magazine called A Worldwide Workers' Revolt Against Amazon Has Begun. Welcome to the program, Luis.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So first, this issue of how Amazon workers are treated, you would imagine that the company might have changed its practices considering how much news coverage there has been, the unionization effort in Bessemer, Alabama, brought to light and brought mainstream media coverage of the you know, the fact that workers are forced to urinate in bottles because they don't have enough time to get proper bathroom breaks. But it seems as though the company continues To treat its workers in very punitive ways and have extremely harsh conditions. Is that true?
1: That's correct. Uh, Jeff Bezos is a libertarian sociopath. He doesn't really (laughs) care about the working conditions that Amazon warehouse workers have to endure in order to meet productivity quotas. Um, His model of capitalist accumulation is based on uh, the exploitation of labor. Um, they're trying to squeeze every ounce of labor that they possibly can from workers in order to ensure that Jeff Bezos and his cronies um, are you know, making profits off the backs of workers like the ones in Bessemer, Alabama, but throughout the world. So the piece I wrote for these Times, try to get a sense of the stakes for organizing at Amazon across U- Europe, Latin America, um asia and i mean the tide is rising um it's still preliminary because for a few years you as you mentioned you know tuesday is prime day uh, but prime day is not a day it's it's pretty much uh like a week-long you know grueling uh schedule for workers uh to meet and fulfill these orders that folks are at home uh making sometimes not really aware of the conditions that you know, workers in warehouses have to endure. So there is awareness about uh, the conditions that workers face, but that has not changed Amazon's behavior by very much.
0: Right, I understand that uh, for those, pr- to, in order to meet those prime day sales goals, workers are not, some in some warehouses, not given the option of overtime. They they have to work the overtime. Uh, in some cases, they're also not being paid for some waiting times uh, for some additional safety features. Uh, so there's, uh, in Germany, workers, uh, the German union uh, called for a strike on Prime Day, which is two days, and then of course, it's about a whole week's worth of work to actually get those orders out. In uh, Korea, South Korea, Amazon workers are complaining of uh, terrible mistreatment. So this is a global company, and so its workforce is global. But it seems as though the workforce outside of the United States has had better success in organizing. What was the uh, b- what? What has come out of that failed effort to to unionize in Bessemer, Alabama? Are you seeing workers here in the U.S. build on? What was learned in Bessemer and try to apply it elsewhere?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the labor movement in the United States is using many different strategies in order to um, fight for, um, for workers' rights in the workplace. so the Teamsters Union, for instance, uh, which is very much you know a very one of the most powerful unions in this country, they have come out publicly uh, stating that it's gonna be a priority for them to organize Amazon workers. So that's that's a game changer because the Teamsters have a history of militant actions. You know, traditionally um, most most strikes have been won um, if we look at the 1930s by workers taking um, radical actions against the boss in order to win uh, contracts. It hasn't been by going through the unionization process through the National Labor Relations Board. Um, it has been by workers going on strike and engaging in what are called uh, recognition strikes. So basically making sure that the profits of the boss take a nosedive to bring them to the negotiation, uh, negotiating table. I'm sorry. Uh, so that's, that's promising.
0: How do you view the success though of the ability of amazon's American workforce? uh it's clearly there's been success in raising awareness. You see articles even in um outlets like the New York Times Business Insider Forbes that are in the headlines addressing how poorly Amazon is treating its workers yet Amazon year after year makes profit hand over fist in fact the pandemic was a massive gift to Jeff Bezos and Amazon so there's this bizarre disconnect between the customer base of Amazon and the increasing awareness that Amazon workers are poorly treated is it just that the lure of the Amazon convenience is just too much to, to for people to to be able to you know resist
1: Yeah that's a that's a great observation I, I think that as much as I like to say that it's 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 uh it's not the case, uh, journalism only has so much of an effect on changing a company's behavior. It is ultimately workers who have the power to change the conditions at their workplaces. So that's why the most important conversations, the most important coverage, is workers talking to one another uh, to bring to light how they can build power across Amazon warehouses, so that they can you know. Uh, strategically uh, coordinate actions along along, uh, Amazon's choke points globally. So that's why in my article, I try to highlight some of those efforts to build international solidarity because for all the press coverage that Amazon has received, um, it hasn't really moved the needle in terms of workers in the United States having more rights. Um, I do think, however, that one thing that has shifted in my article in these times i mentioned a new york times columnist who wrote which was probably corporate pr for amazon talking about how amazing it was to receive his package um before christmas for his son so there was a time when companies like amazon uber and lyft they enjoyed free publicity um, because there there was not as much of an emphasis on workplace issues the voice of workers was pretty much effaced from these kinds of conversations about uh, capitalism in the 21st century um, and the new plutocrats that are, are overlords. So I think that that has changed, but it hasn't had a material impact in terms of building worker power.
0: How do you put the efforts for labor organizing among Amazon workers within the broader labor organizing in the United States? Today, we are seeing a wave of union activity. In fact, I understand that you just uh, attended a protest by striking mine workers from Alabama who traveled to New York City um, to confront a BlackRock fund. Uh, and and you know, we are seeing more and more you know, workers, American workers being pushed to the brink and organizing.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, there's a number of uh, labor agreements that are uh, coming due this year, and workers may have to, you know, resort to going on strike in order to improve their conditions at work. Uh, so there is, um, you know, there 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 is a um, a sense of some worker movement and activity. I think it's still. I don't want to oversell it. I think it's still, you know, uh, modest. Uh, by historical um, examples, uh, but it is promising, and I hope that we see more of that. So the mine workers have been on strike since April first. Uh, they took uh, some pay cuts when the the company that they work for, uh, Warrior Met uh, in Alabama, took some uh, some financial hits and was at the verge in the verge of bankruptcy, and instead of you know doing right by the workers and now that times are good uh paying them decent wages they have instead sought to cut their health care um you know working in a mine uh, is very uh grueling work you know uh folks like their lungs uh you know are, can potentially be um affected by working in a mine uh and right now the you know the company is is not is not being um uh, a conscientious, let's say, employer and taking those things into consideration and paying them fair wages and providing them adequate health care. So they traveled from Alabama to New York uh, to raise, you know, their concerns here uh, in front of BlackRock advisors um, and others uh, to because a lot of hedge funds are profiting. Coal is still profitable, um, and you know they, they're trying to get their due. So, so yes, I mean, they, they represent, they're, they're also workers at Volvo that are, have been, have rejected two, uh, contract agreements so far. Uh, there are teachers in, in Worcester, Massachusetts that have been on strike as well. So there is some, uh, movement in terms of working class, uh, uh the working class trying to organize like, you know, its greatest weapon, which is the strike. Uh, but it's still preliminary.
0: There's also a lot of talk in the you know um, among corporate executives and elites about this terrible labor shortage and how people would rather stay at home earning fat unemployment checks than actually put in the work. And so there's this huge push to, of course, uh, end unemployment aid. Republican-led states are actually, you know, ending uh, unemployment aid given by the federal government earlier than it expires because they think that, or they're saying that that is going to be an incentive for people to work. But isn't this a moment for workers to organize? Because it's not, of course, that the unemployment, um, there's been a lot of anecdotal evidence to suggest that during the pandemic, many workers realized that they didn't want to put up with the terrible hours with the terrible wages and that they could sort of take a beat and view their choices that's not to say that you know we are in a place where people have tons of choices for employment but is this a moment for some organizing that we haven't seen before around the you know because of the pandemic
1: yeah, I mean, I think that's, uh, I mean, historically, after a pandemic, there are social upsurges. So let's hope that that pattern bears out <laughs> this time around. Um, and I mean, I think that you, you've, you've noted something that is true. Workers have gained a recognition of the power that they have. And it's not that there's a labor shortage, it's that workers have an understanding of the power that they wield and are commanding higher wages and are basically asking for a better deal than what uh low wage uh employers are seeking are, are are able to provide i mean not able but want to provide them so that's 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 a reality so i mean that's a that's a promising development i mean we we want workers to feel confident in their power uh to demand more uh workers uphold the world and they deserve everything
0: and there isn't you mentioned the new york times uh writer who basically uh, waxed uh, eloquent about how Amazon put buyers first by making sure that he could get a last minute Christmas gift for his child and have it arrive on time. So there's a sense that workers are pitted against consumers, that the only way in which consumers could have what they want at low prices and high convenience is if workers are pushed to the brink and underpaid. But that's not true. I mean, it literally is uh, a choice that the shareholders make, right? If they choose a slightly slimmer dividends, you could have consumer convenience while having better paid workers. You could hire more workers and pay them better and give them time off and still have convenience for consumers. You just have to choose that route. And maybe Jeff Bezos earns, you know, $1.99 trillion instead of $2 trillion. <laughs> I think it's
1: something it's definitely a market strategy on the part of Jeff Bezos and companies like Amazon in order to be competitors and create a monopoly. So it's it's not on the consumer. So I I absolutely agree with you that it's not a it's not it's a false dichotomy to say that it's uh workers pitted against consumers. Jeff Bezos was able to um to refine and improve upon walmart's model in terms of double docking at a factory so sometimes when a product gets from to amazon let's say from china or from any other uh, uh manufacturing hub in the world that product is not necessarily stored in a factory right um in a warehouse uh waiting for an order to come it is it is put on a trailer and from that trailer it is delivered automatically so we saw that that model of instant on time delivery uh created certain shortages um with masks and other essential items during the pandemic like where we we were out of toilet paper because it's not as though when you make an order of for toilet paper on amazon that's just sitting at a warehouse somewhere all of these all of these innovations that they've made to the supply chain are geared towards maximizing profits and driving competitors out of business.
0: Hmm. Well, Luis, uh, is In These Times a good place to find out uh, what you're writing about as well as Labor Notes' website?
1: Yes, absolutely. Yes, I contribute regularly to um, In These Times, um, and I'm a staff writer and organizer at Labor Notes.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today. Good luck to you.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Luis Feliz León is a staff writer and organizer at Labor Notes and a contributor to In These Times, where his latest piece is titled A Worldwide Workers' Revolt Against Amazon Has Begun. I'm Sonali Kohatkarwa We're online at risingupwithsonali.com, where you can sign up for our newsletter and watch all of our video interviews. Find our audio podcast on iTunes and Spotify and follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Sonali.